What do you think about King's Cross? If you think you've done some travelling, like I say, you've been around. Had you seen the sides of Paris or the heart of London town? <laughs> you might say a night in Soho would be mighty hard to toss. But let me tell you, boy, that you just ain't lived until you've seen King's Cross. Have you ever seen King's Cross? <laughs> where Sydney ciders meet. Don't you? Do you remember this song? No, I don't. I love it. Oh, it's but fantastic. I don't it. Maybe our next guest does because he's lived in the cross for what is it over thirty years? Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Thompson, a name that you'd recognise from in newspapers when he's talking about property, but a fellow who's well, he's an author and he's also a lover of the cross. That's a nineteen sixties Frankie Davidson. Do you remember that? You... No, oh, you're no. kidding. And, and I hope I thought everybody to never did. remember it. Oh, again. oh no! <laughs> oh, that is not fair. That's a great tune. Now you're here with a book called Perfect Criminals, and yes. we'll get to that in just okay. a moment because. Whatever you do, there is there seems to be a thread of the place that you live, which is King's Cross, yep. that is woven through the, your tales. But ta- take us to the Cross of 2018, compared to the Cross of when you first arrived in the 1980s, and where do you think it's the, the direction that it's taking is the, is the right direction? Um, well, if you go up there now, um, you just get to the King's the Coca Cola sign there, mm-hmm. which is fairly iconic, and. Uh, and there's this fabulous new building going up and which, if it's anything like the artist's impressions that we've seen, is going to be spectacular. Uh, it's also going to house something like 300 people, if not more. Mm. Um, brand new people coming into the cross. Uh, a little bit down the road, there's a, an old, lovely old building being demolished and a new block of flats going up. Further down uh, Darlinghurst Road, or the Strip as we call it, the, there's plans to demolish a whole it's, row of we, buildings. Yeah, we, we, we've been talking about that on this station, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you think about five, 600 people coming into the cross, mm. what are their expectations? See, it comes down to this age-old question about what the, the, the cross should be, and I guess more recently about how it should be managed, if you like. Mm. You only have to go back just before the, the lockout laws, and it was complete chaos there on a Friday and Saturday night. Yep. I think a lot of people wanted it to, to change for it to not be quite so anarchic and, let's face it, pretty grubby. Yep. But, but, again, when we're talking about the history of Sydney, the cross has this unique place in our history and it's always had a little bit of that that grubby undercurrent to it where's the balance well that's that's the question because a lot of people would say that uh, after the lockout laws um things have gone too far in the other direction i mean we we were out the other night uh, with friends went for dinner wanted to stop and have a drink on the way home um it's after nine o'clock. We have to get our driving licenses out. Yeah. One of our friends couldn't get in because she didn't have a driving license. Oh, my wife said, Are you "Yeah." Yeah. And my wife said, "And you know, when she realised what was going and having her photograph did taken, she look, did she look eighteen or she's twenty? She's thirty-two. Thirty-two is she? Yeah. Yeah, right. So, uh, and and uh, and and my wife said, I, "You know, I'm not happy about having my." image and my details on your computer. Quite right. Yeah. And I said, well, here's the bad news. It's now on every computer, on every pub in the cross because they're all interconnected. I heard it described, and I know the lockout laws are emotive for lots of different reasons and I understand those different reasons, but I did hear somebody saying that it was like trying to fix a watch with a hammer. You know, you, you had, yeah. you had yeah. definite problems. There were things that needed to be fixed, but the, the overall effect of it was so massive. I mean, how do you feel, as a resident, how did you feel about the process? Well, I mean, it was like a giant switch had been turned off. 
you know, and, and you, if you talk to the people who work in emergency at St. Vincent's, they say, look, it's been fantastic because the number of incidents mm-hmm. have reduced and that's absolutely fair. But at the same point, I had a friend around on New Year's Eve to watch the, the fireworks and, you know, midnight we watched the fireworks, quarter past midnight I walked her down to the station there was nobody out there. Mm-hmm. And and when I first arrived in the cross, you couldn't walk down Darlinghurst Road just after midnight. Well, I remember coming from uh, Melbourne to the cross, and this would be the 80s because I started doing stand-up comedy in the 80s. Right. And so a lot of the time I'd have accommodation in the cross. I'd be working in Kinsella's. And okay, the main street would be, you know, mini buses with bucks nights with beer bums hanging out and all that and <laughs> people lining up and getting pork chops on a stick, which I've never seen in my life. But the truth of it is, Jimmy... I've never seen that either. Very exotic. But the truth is, off the main drag, and that was pretty seedy, there were these little clubs that you could go to. Are they there still? I don't think they are. Not so much. That's that's sad, isn't it? The El Rocco down in Brougham Street is always chugging away, keeping itself alive. But these were little bohemian places where, you know, people who were artists and actors and all that could gather after a show. Yeah, a friend of mine recalls going down, I can't remember the name of the club in Springfield Avenue, and it was a late night venue, and he remembers going there and Dr. Feelgood came on at six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Was he feeling good? I think by the sounds of things he was feeling great. Very, very good. (laughs) Well, let's uh, get to this uh, book that you've written. You uh, were uh, the uh, flat chat chat columnist with Fairfax. Do you you still do that? Yeah. Yeah, You still do that. Your latest one's about the cross. And and, uh, you've uh, you've written your first novel Mm. and it's set in the cross. Why a novel if you've got this fantastic column that's been going all these years What's left to tell? Uh, you've got to take your new challenges. I um, I remember I, f- when I was 14 years old, the first time I read a grown-up novel, mm-hmm. and, and you probably won't recognise the name, it was a, a British writer called Leslie Thomas. He wrote a book called the, the Virgin Soldiers. And I remember reading it and going, wow, this is what I want to do. Mm. I want to write something that's funny and sad and entertaining and engaging. I mean, I was supposed to be reading, you know, Sir Walter Scott or something like that, mm. or Dickens, but... Uh, they like they give me a pass anyway, but ever since then, you know, it's been that's what I want to do. I want to write something entertaining and funny, and but with with a bit of truth behind it. Yeah. And tell us about Danny Clay, who's the character. Danny Clay. Well, they say you should write what you know. Um, Danny Clay is a guy who started as a kid in television, got a job working on a, a show about the army, went off, thought this is better than being on television, went off joined the army, came back, and now he's a TV writer, just a struggling TV writer like every other TV writer yeah, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but he has skills, as they say. As they say in the, in the trade. The, the Cross is obviously such a great place to, um, to write about, and mm. I guess if you live there, you know the intricacies of it. But do you, when you're writing about it, are there parts of it that have gone that um, you think, A, are good that they've gone, or B, you really wish we could have clung on to, that we could have kept? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm just remembering there used to be a terrific little chocolate shop mm-hmm. in halfway along Darlinghurst Road. It had every kind of chocolate from everywhere in the world. And he, the guy was such an enthusiast that if he was short on certain things, he wouldn't sell them to you. He kept them for himself. <laughs> but uh, I think there's a passage in the book where a, an old criminal is reminiscing about the, the old days in the mm-hmm. cross and, he, and he, he says, you know, that, that, that 
cafe, that organic cafe on the corner used to be a pole dancing club. Well, (laughs) you know, it is an interesting thing. I think that they still do this, but um, as I recall, the the French, they do something very different with their neighbourhoods than we do. Okay, so if you have a neighbourhood and arrondissement and there might be a butcher, a baker and a grocery shop and a florist and so forth and, you know, a financial institution... Whenever the florist sells up, the only other business allowed to be in there is another florist. Wow. So this means that your community still has all mm. those facilities there, all the yep. things that you want as a community. We don't do that here. I think that's poor. I see so many shops in my area particularly that used to be a little grocery store. Now they're a real estate mm. agent. They don't so, yeah. add to the ambience no. of the place. No. Um, and it's there's a, there's a great little Facebook page called Pots Pointers. Mm. And it's funny, the stuff that comes up there, people saying, oh, there's a new charcuterie opening next to the fromagerie. Yeah, yeah, this this gentrification is happening whether we want it or not. There is life and Mm -hmm. and and it it is a kind of sophisticated life, Mm -hmm. very French by the sound of things. It's slowly starting to take hold. Yeah. But the it's the nightlife thing and and somebody just posted on that that page saying that they their daughter works in a fast food place and she walks her 200 metres when she finishes work at midnight because from midnight to one o'clock it's a zoo Mm. but from one o'clock afterwards everything calms down Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's the stairs that are there I wonder what you think about the the discussion around the cross and maybe your own memories too this morning Uh, 1300 222 702 is the the number here Speaking of memories, the Mansell Room that's where Dr Fieldman would have played in Springfield Avenue, I remember being in there one night and Ian Botham was in there I remember. The cricketer was he? Yeah Yeah, he was There was like girls as well. I might not tell any more stories about that, I might just just, just draw a discreet veil over that particular evening but yeah everyone used to go there yeah, when they were yeah. in town, didn't they? The Mansell yeah. Room. Yeah. Someone else is uh, mentioning the Cardoma, where Mick Jagger performed in, I think, 1987. Wow. Thanks for that one, Meredith. So, yeah, lots of memories around the cross. Let's get to the crime, though. Yes. You're, you've written a crime novel here, Jimmy. Yeah, yes. that's uh, 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 Sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, you've even got a little recommendation here from a very well-known name from King's Cross, John Ibrahim's yes. on the front. I didn't realise crime could be so funny. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> was it really a place where criminals met? Is you know, Was it a real denizen for crims? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, even when I was there, the, the, I, I was working with a, Den co- for crims, I mean. yeah. a co- co- co-writer friend of mine uh, one day and he said, oh, let's go out and get coffee and cake and I said I know I know the very place we'll go to the Continental Cafe which is no longer there and he sat with facing the door and after 10 minutes he said why did you bring me to this place he said everybody it's like a it's like the wild west everybody who comes into the door stops and scans the room <laughs> and then and I found out well, I said oh yeah this is where Lenny McPherson this is his base here right here yeah. so. are we too nostalgic about those times I mean obviously there was a lot of uh, horrible crime there were a lot of people being uh, bashed and abused well, and, someone said and you murdered could, you could be bashed for two, yeah. for two bucks you know, you know you could be mugged the, the lots of you mm. know the, the prostitutes are having terrible times with their yeah. lives as well do we yeah. look at it sometimes through the, the rose coloured glasses and you know should we be thankful that it's being changed um, I'd, I'd say yes to the first question. We do tend to, to glamorise or romanticise it a little bit, um, but I don't think we should be happy that it's changed as much. Look, as long as it's changing, it's good. It's when it stops changing that things have got seriously wrong. 
But um, it is changing. We just hope that it's going to change for the better. Okay, we've got a couple of calls here. Carlos from Mona Vale. Well, that's a very nice uh, upmarket part of town, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in the cross, for goodness sake? Well, we haven't been there for a while, um, but we went out, say, say, 10 years ago. We were there when it was a really fun place for young people to go out. And then after Underbelly came out, um, the sort of people that went there seemed to be looking for that element and looking for trouble. And ever since then, it, mm. it went. It was a very aggressive place after one o'clock at, at night. And um, and you, you've seen what happened, and, and now now it is no longer what it was. So, mm. Yeah. yeah, it was. I remember being there just before the lockout laws, and with my wife, and really thinking, I've just got to get out of here. It is nasty at the moment. It was probably mm. about ten or eleven o'clock at night, and I felt yep. really unsafe. Okay, uh, thanks, Carlos. We've got uh, Carrington from Potts Point, so uh, you're a resident, Carrington. I'm sure you've got a view. Welcome. Thank you, Wendy. I am. Um, yeah, I, look, the area I've lived there just before the lockout laws changed everything and gentrified. I'm also an owner as well. I have an apartment there too. But I really feel like we need to have a look at um, Potts Point, King's Cross in general, and the council really needs to put together a strategic plan to help facilitate such big changes that are happening in the area to keep some of the bohemian spirit alive, to also look at um, how we can get more public toilets that work regularly, properly, <laughs> um, doing something about the ibises. But hey, 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 hang on about the ibises. You know, you'll, you'll have the bird lovers on our back. <laughs> But we also have a problem with, um, you know, outdoor dining fees as well. We don't have that. We have mm. some of the spirit of Melbourne, but not enough of it. We should have mm. more of it because we have such an outdoor lifestyle city. But the lockout laws and the outdoor dining fees are just really not helping business at all in the community. And, and, and Carrington, when you talk about Bohemian, it's such a fine line, isn't it? There's a sort of there, there can be a, a sort of uh, freeze dried Bohemian, which is uh, manufactured and doesn't feel all that good. The real you you want a real a sense of reality when you when you're talking about that. But then we've got the other uh, end of things. And Meredith said, "Did you ever have breakfast at Sweethearts after a night at Benny's?" I uh. mean, it's it's all there in the myth, isn't it? There's yeah. a lot of a, lo- a lot of our dreams work. Because I remember as a kid living in country Victoria and thinking, "Wow, King's Cross!" You know, it, <laughs> it just had this um, this sort of magic about it. Really, I must say, Jimmy. There was a lovely old clip. Um, just posted on that that Facebook page. Uh, it must have been in the 1960s, and it's just a film camera coming up William Street, coming up to the Coca-Cola sign. But it wasn't just the Coca-Cola sign. There were all sorts of neon signs flashing yes, there, yeah, they were. you That's know, and it looked right. like like all life is here. You know, yeah. and you can see why people were drawn there. Yeah, sure. It was exotic, basically. It was yeah, very. Yeah. It looked better in black and white than it does in colour. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, good morning. Hi. Yeah. I think you're a bunch of pups. You, on my memory goes back coming down to the show sort of in the 60s. Yep. And we had 10 o'clock closing. So if you wanted a drink <laughs> after 10, we went to Vardams. Yep. So was that... We, it, 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 we not only got a drink there, we could find all the police sitting there having a... Keeping themselves warm. Yeah, well, of course, all the Vice <laughs> and the Sly Grog uh, outlets that were there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah amazing. And did you, feel, uh, did you feel unsafe in amongst all of that? Never. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Lots of vice, though, you know, lots of graft as well. Thanks, Tim. Uh, yeah, well, I'll just add something to that. Sort of people I met tell me that the, you met in the cross said it was safe because Abe Saffron didn't want any trouble. 
<laughs> well, there is an <laughs> element of truth exactly to that. Exactly that. But that's, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. absolutely true. They, these guys, they like to mix with showbiz people, with artists, with bohemians, and as they do all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they didn't want people mm. coming up there and causing trouble. So if you came from outside and caused trouble on the, on the cross, you were dealt with fairly swiftly. The, the old Mansions Hotel, I don't know if you remember mm. that, it's now sitting empty with apartments above it. Mm. Um, the the uh, security guys had embroidered on their polo shirts, we don't call the cops. Did they really? Ooh, yeah. Did they? Yeah. Good grief. That's, that is brazen. That's uh, scary. Yeah, it is scary too. Steve from Balmain, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. This is not uh, cross-specific, but I'm just touching upon your your anecdote about going for a, a late-night drink and and uh, proof of ID and, and uh, that scenario. Uh, this is something I've never come across before, but I was at a uh, business conference up on the Gold Coast last October, and I'm 50-plus, um, grey hair, we're all in business suits, there's a dozen of us, and we left the hotel after dinner and after drinks, and it was 10 o'clock at night, and, yeah. and we wandered down and thought, let's leave the hotel, we took credit cards and cash, we were well-dressed and well-mannered, and we couldn't get in to buy a drink yeah. anywhere, we didn't have ID, we didn't have our licences. absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous, isn't and, it? And we went from club to club, and our... Uh, I'm not talking nightclubs. I'm talking just just corner par- bars. Um, don't people want? Don't people want your patronage? You know what's going not, on? Not if you not if you don't have a license to scan no. and prove who you are. No. Um, it wasn't an age thing. It wasn't no. a, a drunkenness or no, it's an ID thing. It's, it, it, it's it, a ho- it, horrible. It's a thin edge of a wedge as well. It's, it's you know I find it. I don't really know whether it's a thin end. I think it's, it's a thick end. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Steve. <laughs> but, you know one of the one of the big problems in the cross has always, always been said. It's not the people in the cross. And, and the people who go up there looking for to to have a dance or listen to music or, or just have a drink and a meal. It's people who come from outside who are already drunk. Yeah, pre-lighting. And quite clearly drunk. Yeah. Yep. I've got a few more names to conjure with here. How about the uh, Bar International and the Top of the Town? Yeah. Uh, they made the best pims and dries, says Selena. It's all apartments now, she says, and barons. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barons had the... the um, backgammon. Backgammon games, didn't they? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was looking for. One final call, Maria from Castle Hill. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. The best time, and I'm biased, of course, in the cross was the late 1960s. We had Les Girls. We had upmarket restaurant Chelsea that overlooked the, the fountain. All kinds of little shops. There was sleeves, but it wasn't horrible sleeves. It was just sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> It was Naughty, up, up nice. market sleeves. Yeah, yeah up market. Well, it was sleeves, you know. Yeah. They weren't obtrusive. <laughs> and uh, there was this great little tailor on the corner of, I think, William and, and Darlingest Road, and he looked like a real criminal, like dark, <laughs> and, and, and he was Italian, and his name was Rocky, and he was perfectly harmless, and he was a very good tailor. Yeah, he was harmless and, unless you got on the wrong side of him. Well, in uh, case. Jimmy's nodding his head about that bloke. Well, I remember the, the tailors, and I, there was one in the middle of the, the strip as well. I mean, we had all those local shops. It was a local area. Yeah. It wasn't just strip clubs and bars. Oh, and, no. no it, that's what I'm saying, though, about the, how, the, how the French 
keep those communities alive by yeah. saying, well, you have to have those local shops. But then it would all be strip clubs now. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Empty strip clubs. Well, we've loved chatting Thanks, with you. Maria. We're going to have to let you go. Thanks, Maria, but we're going to have to have to let you go too, Jimmy. The book is called Perfect Criminals, and you know Jimmy from his flat chat column with Fairfax. He's turned his hand to a novel set in the cross. Thanks so much for coming and having a bit of a mag with us today. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Good on you, Jimmy. Thank you. Some news headlines for you now. Tony Matthews, good morning. Hello, Robbie and Wendy. The federal opposition says the Prime Minister's ban on sex between ministers and their staff isn't worth the paper it's written on. Malcolm Turnbull has changed the ministerial code of conduct in the wake of the affair between the Deputy Prime Minister, Barnaby Joyce, and his former media advisor. He says he's disappointed that he's had to spell it out but the affair's shown the existing code of conduct is deficient. The FBI says the 19-year-old who killed 17 people at a high school in Florida had left warning signs on social media, but authorities couldn't verify them. In a comment on a YouTube video from September 2017, a user with the same name as the accused said he wanted to become a professional school shooter. New South Wales police are on high alert for revenge attacks after former Comanchero's bikey boss Mahmoud Ha was fatally shot in Sydney South yesterday. And the most comprehensive study of Borneo's orangutans estimates their numbers have plummeted by more than 100,000 since 1999. The study, published in the journal Current Biology, says the most dramatic declines were found in areas where tropical forests were cut down and converted to plantations for timber and palm oil. Palm oil is used in consumer products, including Mm. chocolate, margarine and soap. Very sad news. Sydney's weather, a mostly sunny day today, the slight 20% chance of a shower tonight. Wind southwesterly, 15 to 20 kilometres per hour, turning southeasterly, 20 to 30 kilometres per hour in the early afternoon, heading for a top of 28 on the coast today and reaching 36 in the west. It'll be partly cloudy tomorrow with a chance of an early morning shower, 27 on the coast, 33 in the west. Sunday, partly cloudy with a chance of an evening shower, 29 to 36. The 60% chance of showers on Monday, 26 through to 31 degrees. The high chance of showers on Tuesday and cloudy with a chance of showers Wednesday and Thursday. More in the news at 10 o'clock. We look forward to it. Thanks, Tony. With my family for Lunar New Year, we have dinner and then we head to the temple and we wait for the blessings of the new year to start the year over again for 2018 or the year of the dog. Happy Lunar New Year, ABC Radio Sydney. You know, we're going to talk about the Lunar New Year in just a moment. Just a couple more texts about the King's Cross. I love some of these memories that have come in from, uh, from Anne. Uh, nursing at Vinnie's in Darlinghurst in the 1960s. The cross was our haunt. We wore coats over our uniforms after a late shift and were as safe as can be. Of course, we cared for lots of the girls and boys, including the gangsters when they came into hospital, says Anne. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, yeah, backgammon and chess at the Manzil also. Loved it, says, uh, says Joe Winmully. But he's a bit of a, you know, more uh, sort of clear-eyed view, I suppose. Yeah. The streets were full of dealers and junkies and teenage prostitutes and hard men, door Nazis. That's not bohemian. Some of the clubs were great, but the streets, yeah. some some of them were like a ring of hell, it yeah. says. It says one of our texters who worked in for years in the clubs there. So there you go. Thanks for the, the texts this morning.